Pain is no longer something we have to tolerate. We have an answer. How can something legally prescribed be killing so many people? Tell me what words you associate with oxycodone. Oxy what? Oxycoffins. Excuse me? Don't put that in the notes. We are under investigation. <laughs> this must be like a Black Mirror episode or something. <laughs> Welcome to Court Killers, the show where we just want to watch the stuff you love when you want, where you want, however you want. I'm Tom Merritt. Hey, I'm Brian Brushwood. But also, like, keep in mind that what we really want is to murder all cords. And someday it may happening. Uh, it may, it may happening. happening. It may, it may happening. happening. And when yeah. that they do, and when script chat GPT, <laughs> you tricked me into doing a bit. All right. Uh, uh, <laughs> Bryce, what, what did I, we just see? That that looks fictional, but I assume it's a documentary. Well, that uh, no, that was a uh, uh, maybe we didn't see uh, Brendan uh, 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 Matthew Broderick in that in that trailer. That's a painkiller coming to Netflix on August 10th. That's Matthew Broderick, uh, Uzo Aduba from Orange Is the New Black, uh, uh, and Taylor Kitsch uh, star in it. It is a composite fictionalization of the opioid uh, oxycotton uh, entering the medical market and the crisis around all of that uh that is it's very similar apparently to dope sick a hulu miniseries um mm. though apparently there are a few difference a few differences then but they're both dramatized fictionalizations mm-hmm. i think i think it, mm-hmm. it's not like chernobyl where there are, there's a <coughs> lot of trying to people. yeah be close to the truth <laughs> well, they you gotta you gotta make you did too many people, Tom. You can't have you can have a million people be. I don't know. That's coming yeah, to Netflix. Yeah, you know you know what they call it uh, when you finally kick your addiction to oxycontin, right? Uh, uh, hooray! You're oxyclean. Oh my god, Tom. Primary target? Tom, no, 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 Tom. We're gonna take a moment. We're all going to silently <laughs> think judge about what you just you did. Yeah. Right That's now. Fair. Okay, now. Okay, and we're Primary good. Target. And we're yeah. good. Barbie and Oppenheimer are two different people. <laughs> Breaking news. This is our number one news story. Ladies and gentlemen, we're totally stop. We're sorry. <laughs> Uh, also two different movies. Uh, there's the Barbie movie, there's the Oppenheimer movie, and they're both scheduled for release on July 21st. The public has decided that rather than crown one of them the temporary winner, they will instead see both as a double feature. Hence, Barbenheimer. A lot of you have probably heard about Barbenheimer. AMC Theaters reported that as of July 10th, so that was a week ago, more than 20,000 AMC Stubbs members had already purchased tickets to see Barbie and Oppenheimer on the same day. Not a thing AMC was doing on purpose. It was creating their own double feature. The Verge notes that loads of other blockbusters are going to follow Barbenheimer. Uh, That includes um, the uh, Haunted Mansion, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem on August 2nd, Blue Beetle on August 18th, and more. Now, if ticket sales for Barbenheimer do tip the scales a little bit for two movies that are probably not expected to be huge blockbusters on their own, although Barbie, I think, is close, and 
were people were worried would cannibalize each other. Uh, do we think that we will start getting the think pieces that this is the way to save Hollywood, do more memes? It's worth thinking about whether this is a one-time thing or whether it might restart the habit of going to the theater. I strongly suspect that this is not a top-down meme. This is not something that somebody at Hollywood concocted. Instead, I think that folks like you and me deeply want movies to come back. Just, just They don't even have to be great movies. They just have to be good movies. And we appear to have two by reputation, pretty good movies coming out on the exact same day. So it's like this, to me, feels like a ground-up, uh, grassroots sort of, yes, wouldn't it be great if there were always two movies that were good every single weekend being released? Let's let's all make a game of celebrating them. Uh, Barbie is is commended for being smart and funny and, and kind of meta. Uh, Oppenheimer is commended for being uh, another David Nolan movie. Um, Chris to be Nolan. honest, uh, 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 oh David, sorry, Chris Nolan. Nolan. Yeah, sorry, no. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, the uh, I, I, to be honest, I'm here for this, and I hope this is a success. But if it is a success, I fear that it's just going to end up being like, let's make that on purpose from now on. Yes, yes, exactly. I, I'm I'm right there with you. Uh, this was funny when people noticed they were on the same day to say, hey, here are two wildly different movies, but they both sound like they might be worth seeing. Uh, let's make them a double feature. How hilarious is, is that? Barbenheimer sounds funny. And then a lot of people decided, you know what? I've got six hours to kill on a Friday or Saturday or Sunday. Uh, I'll do it uh, just for the just for the lulls. I will go and book a double feature. Uh, I, I have very close friends of ours uh, who've absolutely booked their tickets for to to do this. It's going to be an event. It's going to be fun. People are going to be talking to each other. Oh, are you doing the Barbenheimer thing? I saw you in the Barbie line earlier. Uh, totally get that. I don't think you make this happen again. First of all, like you said, you didn't make it happen. It just kind of naturally happened. And if you try to make it happen, then people are going to turn against it. They're, it's going to have the opposite effect. Agreed. So, uh, but in this case, uh, we have... Again, two diff very different movies. Um, uh, even here's what they're I two fear. different studios too. That's the other thing. Don't forget, like studios nor don't put their own films out on the same day. Here's what I fear is that uh, uh, there's a backlash because every single person I know who has bought both tickets, there's a big debate about like which order do you watch them in and all ah, that stuff. Uh -huh. But uh, uh, even then. It doesn't sound like anybody I know is intending to sit down and watch both of them back to back. And that I feel like will affect, uh, you know, food sales, popcorn sales. Uh, what do you mean? No, they're not going to watch them back to back. They're, they're buying the meme, not the actual experience. So that you think they're just going to watch one or the other of the movies, not the other, not both. They have flatly told me we're either going to watch <laughs> one or the other movie. Yeah. We're not going to watch both. We bought we two tickets. We just think it's funny. Because it's both. funny. Yes. We're definitely not sitting through two movies. We that, don't, that, exactly. Yeah. 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 
that makes perfect sense to me. Um, it, it doesn't make sense that people would spend money just to buy the meme. Uh, I'm sure to a lot of people, but I get it. It's like for the lulls, you can take the photo of both tickets to prove you did the Barbenheimer double feature. Uh, maybe you really want to support both these movies. So buying your ticket is your expression of support, but you don't got that kind of time. <laughs> and well, so, or, or, or you, you just want to support uh, summer movies in general. Like, like, yeah, how, maybe, I, maybe. I, mean, I mean, we love the summer movie series and we want it to come back. Although, Frankly, I, the theaters don't aren't going to like this because the the longer you hang out, the more likely you are to spend money on food and all that, uh, and that's where they make the majority of their money. The studios aren't going to care if the studios think they can get you to buy extra tickets on a joke. They will will do it. They will make it happen. Uh, is there a way? Can you brainstorm a way, Brian, where a studio? Uh, maybe they would have to cooperate with a second studio, not not do two of their own movies. That, that could seed this and make it happen again. You know what? Actually, I, I, I don't know why you do this to me, Tom. I, 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 all of a sudden, my marketing brain just kicked in. And it's like the big debate now is after buying the tickets, people are debating which movie to see in which order. So yeah. if they sold them as a block, wouldn't you have bought the tickets at a specific showtime? I, I yes, but 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 then you would doubt whether or not you did it in the right order. So if you sold them in a block and you're like, uh, "Hey man, this is when the first one is. This is when the second one is. Do you want to do the double feature?" I mean, to be honest, double features are and were a thing. I I. I it would be let's just make it fun to go to the movies again that's all that's all i'm thinking yeah tom stop making it torturous to go to the films <laughs> also what? also real quick bryce uh which is the right order is it barbie first and then oppenheimer or the reverse uh i would probably say barbie then oppenheimer because then you you kind of get barbie out of the way it's shorter and then you can kind of really settle in after a good break you'll be really refreshed between if you take a good intermission between. So I'd say do that. Because Oppenheimer's gonna be seven hours long. Oppenheimer's gonna they're gonna make you build it's up three all hours long until yeah. you leave. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes me feel like that's part of why I'm convinced it's a, a grassroots bottom up exercise because nobody would plan this on purpose from the top down. <laughs> like let let's have a very heavy three hour experience and also a Barbie movie. I think you could see them both at the same time. Sorry? <laughs> Oppenheimer's three hours long. If you can nest the time, <laughs> then you leave Oppenheimer during... You, you'd have to know a lot about these movies, but you could leave Oppenheimer during the most disturbing parts and like refresh yourself with Barbie. I mean, you can. You're not really seeing both at the same time. I get that. This truly would have to be a grassroots bottom-up experience because I cannot imagine that the director who is notoriously fastidious would be okay with planning on various moments that you would leave Oppenheimer to go watch <laughs> Barbie. But uh, uh, I'm here for it. Sell me more. Uh well, I, I, there, I'm just. This is just something you'd have to do on your own. This is not going to be a marketing thing. This is, this is just a way for you to support both films and not feel like you had to spend five hours, and you get to sample both. I actually think this is such a good idea that, if not us, somebody else, pretty please should 
construct a, a similar to um Oh, what was the uh, uh, the hatchet cut, the machete, the machete order on the machete order? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, something like that with the prequels, where it's like, but uh, we're here's we, your we're recipe. still. My original question is: Is there a way for another studio to do this with two future movies? All of all of our examples have been ways to promote the current Barbenheimer focus. I do not believe there's any way that you could make this kind of experience from a top-down perspective. I feel like this is all a reflexive response of basically humans saying, ah, I really remember when movies were great at the movie theater. I want to see two in a day. Yeah. I think that the only way to be sure that this wonderful moment in meme history is not sullied by future marketing is to hire me and Brian to lobby the studios when they've got nothing else going on. All their employees are on strike. If you back us enough on Patreon, we will walk over to number one studio way and convince them never to try this. Tom, the only way that could happen is if as of last week, everybody gave us a raise and I am here to tell you with a big old grin on my face that we now make $1.37 per episode of Cord Killers. Keep us loud, live, and independent. Head on over to patreon.com slash cordkillers. Get your own RSS feed. Get early access to the spoiler in time. Get exclusive access to After Talk. Thank you to everybody who continues to bother to log in and give us a one penny raise every time I ask I'm for one. I'm always shocked how many people do it's it. It's great. It's, it's kind of best. amazing. It's yeah. the best. An amazing <laughs> amount of people do this. And we thank every single one of you. Each one of you makes a difference in aggregate. Yes. Mm -hmm. You deserve an award. Let's talk about awards and how to watch. Now listen, I think the odds of there actually being an Emmy Awards ceremony on September 18th due to the strikes... Uh, are very low. <laughs> it does not look good. But just in case they work everything out by September, the nominees have still been announced. Uh, HBO Succession racked up the most nominations with 27. Last of Us followed with 24 and The White Lotus with 23. Highest number of nominations for a show not from HBO went to Ted Lasso with 22. Uh, after that, you get Marvelous Miss Maisel from Amazon with 14. 13 each for Netflix's Beef and Netflix's Dahmer. Uh, FX's The Bear also got 13, and 12 went to Netflix's Wednesday. Uh, Brian, even though our votes won't count because we work for ourselves and for our bosses, the patrons, uh, you want to vote? Yeah, I do. But also, I, I, I want you to unpack that statement. Is, is the Emmy something that you have to be part of a super secret club? I know the Oscars, you have to be part of a secret club to vote for. Is that the way it is with the Emmys as well? I mean, I, it's not a secret club. You have to be part of the Academy of Television Arts and Sciences or whatever it's called. Yeah. What I mean is a club that we are not members of. Unless correct. You are. Correct. Okay. Yes. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I'll vote. Uh, give all of my votes to everything HBO. HBO has pioneered prestige television. Like, okay. Succession but is. So we good. already have a, We already have a, a big problem for you in the outstanding drama series. What? What do you mean? Because there are four HBO shows. Uh, can I just can I spread and? my one vote over all of them? And. 
Andor is also nominated for Outstanding Drama Series. I'm sorry. There, there must have been a miscommunication. I'm sorry. All of my votes go to Andor. <laughs> Everything <laughs> Andor forever and ever and ever. That's the only series that matters forever. <laughs> Outstanding Drama is Andor, Better Call Saul, The Crown, House of the Dragon, Last of Us, Succession, White Lotus, and Yellow Jackets. I Wait, would... You didn't mention that Better Call Saul was in there. Now it's a little bit more confusing. I Because I figured you'd just go right for the Andor bait. But would you vote Better Call Saul over Andor? No. Uh, Andor is truly the greatest <laughs> the greatest Star Wars anything ever. What about you? I'm trying to decide. I think it would be Succession. Really? <sighs> really? But I may be voting on previous seasons there rather than the most recent season when I say that. And I was trying, because I was looking at the White Lotus too and like, was this season one or season two of the white Lotus? Cause season one, I might, I might go there, but I don't know if I would with season two. Yeah. That that's also something that we see where it's like, uh, uh because there's not going to be any more succession. It's like last chance. If you want to chip in a vote yeah. for succession, that kind of thing. Uh, so, but if not succession, ooh, better call Saul or Andor. Yeah. Those are, those are in, in the runnings. I, but I think, I, I think I will give, I will do that. I will take that tactic of like let's crown the king succession last season here you go i'm curious if bryce would have had would uh, have uh, a uh, 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 just to allocate my votes whatever votes i have first go to andor for uh, being such a pioneer in that franchise then the remainder go to um the last of us for doing the one thing that nobody ever mm -hmm. thought could be done mm -hmm. uh, make mm -hmm. a good video game tv show and then everything else goes to uh maybe not succession eh, succession sure bryce what about you it's better call saul uh for the same reason you would give it to succession you would doubly give it to better call saul yeah, yeah that's a good point it, it went longer and yeah 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 um so yeah i mean succession's great succession's great um but it ain't better. It ain't better call Saul. And if we're doing now, a ceremonial one, then we got to give it to. We got to give and it. And it went, yeah, it went longer too. Yeah, I, I, I do love fair. the fact that uh, uh, that's the trick: is when you hear somebody say something that ends in a question mark, then you have to reevaluate this. That success, success, great, great. It's great. It's great. It's great. It's great. Outstanding comedy series: Abbott Elementary, Barry, The Bear. Oh wow. <sighs> Hilarious show. Uh, Jury Duty on Amazon Freebie. Marvelous Ms. Maisel. Only Murders in the Building. Ted Lasso or Wednesday. Wow, what a weird list. I, I do owe Only Murders in the Building a watch. And so I, 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 I can't really say anything about that. But the rest of those don't much sound like comedy series to me. Jury Duty is a comedy because it's the one with the guy who doesn't know he's the only one who's not in on the joke. He thinks it's an actual jury and it's not. It's all staged. Yeah. Abbott Elementary, uh, that's a single camera comedy. Single camera comedy. Barry, it's stretching it with Barry. Like that that I wouldn't call that a comedy, but I can sort of see like, well, it's a ridiculous premise and there's comedic situations. But the bear? <laughs> I the bear is the best show in this list, but it's not a comedy. Yeah. I, I agree. I like, bet it's too short to be a comedy. Imagine, imagine taking a loved one and saying, oh, my God, you're not going to believe how funny the bear is. Sit down, <laughs> buckle in. Yeah. And then watching it. Uh, at which point I'm looking at Wednesday. I'm looking at Ted Lasso. I'm looking at Only Murders in the Building. 
for comedy. I and to say I just haven't seen a lot of Abbott Elementary or Jury Duty. Um, probably Wednesday. I'd give it to Wednesday for comedy series. It's funny. It's, it's got, got yeah, it's I, funny. If I were placing a bet, I would say that Barry will win it undeservedly. Um, oh, who sure. do you want to win? Uh, oh, yeah. Ted Lasso. Uh, even even if the even if it fell off the rails, uh, it's a it's a very clever, very funny show. How about you, Bryce? Oh, I'm gonna give it to the bear. If the if the bear's an option, <laughs> I'm gonna put it there. All right, all right. You're like, look, it's not my job to judge the category. That's where they yeah. put it. I'm also, why it. is the righteous gemstones not on this list? You can write it in. Funniest you want to write? Do you want to do a write in on the planet? Uh, okay. Maybe was there yeah. not a season last year? It could just be an eligibility. Oh, uh, is it an eligibility thing? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, all right. We we don't have to spend too much more time on this. Let, let's just do lead actor and lead actress. Uh, lead actor in a drama series: Jeff Bridges from The Old Man, Brian Cox in Succession, Kieran Culkin in Succession, Bob Odenkirk in Better Call Saul, Pedro Pascal in The Last of Us, and Jeremy Strong in Succession. Man, I'd hate to be on a podcast where I had to pick between these. What do you think, Bryce? <laughs> <laughs> I'll go. I'll, I'll volunteer as tribute. Good time. I, I give it hands down. Bob Odenkirk, Better Call Saul. These are all amazing portrayals, wonderful actors, uh, but uh, Oden, Odenkirk knocks it out of the park with a character that is a spinoff character. So it shouldn't be as deep and compelling as he made it. So Kieran Culkin, I think, is the best of the bunch. However... Everybody else is owed something. Jeff Bridges is definitely owed something after all these years. He was mm-hmm. excellent in The Old Man. Brian Cox is owed something after all these years. He was excellent in Succession. Bob Odenkirk is owed a bazillion somethings, and he's big. Uh, um, Pedro Pascal has not only he was. They're in the all good. Of, all of these are deserving. You're right. Pick a favorite. Favorite child. Kieran Culkin. Oh, That's a good Kieran. call. I almost went Kieran Culkin myself. Bryce, what about you? That, that, and, and by the way, that uh, Kieran Culkin is my protest vote what? because <laughs> because like everybody else deserves one, and I don't know what they have and haven't gotten before, but I will vouch for the fact that Kieran Culkin is next level excellent in hmm. Succession. He is pretty amazing. I gotta give it to Bob, uh, Bob Odenkirk. Uh, just you can't, but especially in in this season, this last season of Better Call Saul, where he is. Uh, playing a a very different character mm-hmm. for some of the time, and then kind of, like I, it's a this this last season of it is such a a, a, a consolidating it's, moment for that character and for Bob's portrayal of him. And if you want to say he's owed, it's right there in the name. He's Odin Kirk. All right, lead actress in a drama series: Sharon Horgan for Bad Sisters, Melanie Linsky for Yellow Jackets, Elizabeth Moss for The Handmaid's Tale, Bella Ramsey for The Last of Us, Carrie Russell in The Diplomat, or Sarah Snook in Succession. I'm I'm gonna recuse myself because uh, pick I, wide, pick wide. Bella Ramsey, pick Bella wide. Ramsey. It's always great for the same reason as Kieran Culkin. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tom, what about you? I'm going to recuse myself. What? No, you Jake White! You son of a gun! gun. Come on, Jake White! Now I know what it's like to be you watching me! <laughs> uh, I can't pick. I can't pick. Uh, I guess I'm going to have to pick. Actually, Melody Linsky is really good in Yellow Jackets. Yeah. And I've seen Yellow Jackets. I've not seen the current season, but I saw the previous season, which is one that they're up for for this. Mm. I'll go Melody Linsky. 
Okay. She's she's incredible. Bryce. I, oh, big for Carrie Russell. The diplomat is a, is is I really solid. Um, I haven't seen the I, I have seen the the Last of Us in Succession, but I don't think Bella Ramsey was great. She was playing a very young character, and she kind of was kind of a tough thing. But Carrie Russell like owns that role. She owns that series. I think she's great. Like she is a like Sarah Snook's great, but I think Succession is so ensemble. It's tough for anyone to be a lead. I will role. I will justify my pick only by saying uh, like. Much like uh, a diving competition, you give a multiplier for difficulty. And Bella Ramsey, uh, what what a very difficult yeah. set of multipliers to to do a pioneering type of that show, and so on and so on and so on. Yeah, yeah. It's suddenly just now strikes me as weird that her name is Ramsey. Oh yeah, no, I, I, I that I noticed. Game of Thrones, yeah. Uh, okay, uh, lead actor in a comedy series. The the people up are Bill Hader for Barry, Jason Segel for Shrinking, Martin Short for Only Murders in the Building, Jason Sudeikis for Ted Lasso, and Jeremy Allen White for The Bear. Lead actress in a comedy series, Christina Applegate for Dead to Me, Rachel Brosnahan for The Marvelous Ms. Maisel, Quinta Brunson for Abbott Elementary, Natasha Leone for Poker Face, and Jenna Ortega for Wednesday. Hey, everybody, go. write us at courtkillers at gmail.com if you want to have a fight with me about Barry. I still haven't watched the last episodes that just uh, that, that Tom told me to to watch. Uh, but but uh, hey, but, uh, the emails are coming in. We may have one by the end of the show. <laughs> Stay <laughs> <from> tuned. Tom. <laughs> All right, let's talk about what to watch and under surveillance. A trailer for Wonka starring Timothy Chalamet uh, is out. It hits theaters December 15th. The movie, not the trailer. The trailer you can watch right now. It includes a lot, including you, Grant, as an Oompa Loompa. Uh, I, I, I did not get the chance to see this. What, what did you think, Tom? <sighs> it's a prequel. It's a here's the origin story of Wonka. It looks like it was made by the people who made Harry Potter because it is in part made by the people who made Harry Potter, uh, which I don't think is a bad thing. It's got a little of that magic uh, feel to it. It is much more leaning into the the supernatural aspects of the Wonka story where I feel like uh, the previous adaptations sort of walked the line of this could be possible it seems like there's a, there's a lot more magic going on and it's an anti-corporate story the big chocolate makers want to keep wonka down but he's gonna show him and figure out how to make his way on his own which um which yeah it, that could be tedious or it could be like a great underdog story i, I can't tell from the trailer it looks bad oh it looks bad <laughs> Looks so bad, Tom. It looks so bad. Oh my god! Like the chocolate tears that they try to have these other chocolate CEOs as like this big cabal that he's trying. And I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be old indie Mars Willy Wonka. That's right, kids. It's Mars. Look it up. Check out the check the wrapper. It looks so bad. It looks like the most polished turd. Timothy Chalamet should not be in this role. Oh, it's a shining one though. It's polished to a beautiful shine. I do feel like if you just want to see a turd, this would be the best way to look at it. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and are there peanuts inside? We're out. If you want to enjoy oh, okay. the cinematography. Right. That's, I, was, yeah. I was trying really 
hard to steer clear there. Right. There's also a trailer for the Disney Plus series Star Wars Ahsoka, uh, which is a live action continuation of Star Wars Rebels, uh, by the looks of it. Uh, Ahsoka premieres on August 23rd. I know you have not seen Clone Wars, which is the origi origin of Ahsoka herself, or Rebels, which is the origin of everyone else, uh, all the other characters in this. Uh, but I think it could be a fun story, even if you haven't seen those. I don't know if it's going to be your kind of story, Brian. I, uh, specifically, and, and you know that my fears are it'll be too many wink, wink, nod, nods to yep. people who have been there from the beginning. And I've been there for those kind of, of stories, but but I'm, I, I, I don't have the energy to get caught up on all of that stuff. Absent me doing all of the homework, is there much there for me, question mark? I, I can't tell yet. I, my guess is no. Uh, I, I think two things will be true. I think you'll be able to make sense of it without having had to see Rebels and Clone Wars. Uh, it looks like it's going to try to tie more directly into Mandalorian uh, than those, but it's going to have lots of clever nods. There are plenty of clever nods already in the trailer. I can't imagine those are all the clever nods that you're just going to look at and go like, I don't know what they're winking at right now. Uh, so I think you'd be able to make sense of the plot. I just don't know that it's going to be the kind of plot that you like, the kind of story that you like. Yeah. I, but I can't, I can't tell for sure until August 23rd. So I'll, I'll let you know. Uh, those of you who don't know, there are there are two strains of Godzilla movies coming out these days. There's the big budget Godzillas coming out of Universal, and there's the Toho Godzillas, the original studio that created the Godzilla movies back in the day. Uh, Toho announced a new Godzilla movie coming to Japan November 4th and the U.S. December 1st called Godzilla Minus One. This is the first Toho Godzilla movie since Shin Godzilla, which came out in 2016. So, uh, sorry, uh, is there a clear reference to the minus one, or? I think it's a prequel. Like, like? Like less than zero? Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> but not the novel. Uh, uh, okay. Yeah, it's, I, I, all I want to do is write comedy bits about Godzilla showing up to a dinner. An already and... devastated post-war Japan faces a new threat in the form of Godzilla, an enormous mutated kaiju. Oh, so maybe it's an origin story. The very yeah, it looks like looks like we're talking like here's how Godzilla arise arises arose. That, I, I, that, that would be my bet. Uh, my question to the panel is: uh, part of the reason that Godzilla was such a, 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 a a mega monster is because it was the right time. It came at this uh, cultural gestalt after, you know, being attacked with nuclear bombs uh, in, in Japan. Uh, can that magic ever be recaptured again? I don't think that magic can be recaptured, but I think there are some universal elements of the Godzilla story that Toho is uniquely positioned to take advantage of. Uh, and they make these for the Japanese audience uh, with an eye towards Godzilla fans. So I don't expect this to be a breakout hit in mainstream U.S., but I think among the folks who it's targeted for, it'll, you know, has a great shot of being amazing. Yes. Uh, in other everything old is new again news, uh, the latest Miyazaki movie is out. It's called The Boy and the Heron, uh, arrived in Japanese theaters July 14th. 
with no publicity other than a poster. They said they wanted to recapture that old-fashioned feeling of not knowing anything about a movie when you went to see it. Uh, and apparently people are pleased because, you know what, it's a Miyazaki movie and those are never bad and this is not breaking that streak. Uh, set a new three-day record for IMAX screen revenue in Japan. I'd be really curious to find out a bit about how he got to do that because even Steven Spielberg, like if, if there was a surprise Steven Spielberg movie, yeah, you would probably see a think piece about how Steven Spielberg was able to convince Sony to let him release a movie with very little uh, promotion. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'd be curious to well, know more. Well, when I say there's no publicity other than a poster, I didn't scour the internet to see if there are any think pieces like that. There probably are. Uh, but they didn't do trailers. They didn't do public appearances. They didn't do, you know, any interviews or anything like that. But 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 even then, like like taking it face value, that's remarkable and highly yeah. unusual in this environment. And I think you could only do it in Miyazaki, with Miyazaki. I think I think you do that when you're the criticism I have read about the Boy and the Heron is that it is not new, that it is very much the same old Miyazaki. And if you like that, you're going to love it. Uh, but if you're looking for growth or, or a new direction or something, you're not going to find it. Uh, and maybe they realized that and said, well, we're not going to go out there and do a bunch of publicity telling people uh, to come see Miyazaki. They know who he is. He's that big in Japan. They, we don't need explanation. And there's nothing else to tell. If you like Miyazaki movies, you're going to like this. Go watch it. Uh, so it kind of makes sense when you look, to, think to of hear it you way. tell it. It sounds an awful lot like my experience with Asteroid City from Wes Anderson. It's like uh -huh. I went in expecting nothing other than a Wes Anderson movie. And yep. It was pure distilled Wes Anderson. And that's what you got. Yeah. Uh, Comcast added its streaming news service NBC News Now to the channel guide on its Xfinity X1 cable platform. So when you're scrolling through the channel guide uh, on your X1 box, uh, you will see NBC News Now right there next to Fox News, CNN, all the rest of them. But NBC News Now is not a cable channel. It's a streaming channel. You can get it for free with a Roku app or, or an Apple TV app. Uh, in fact, Comcast added 20 other fast channels to the channel guide on the X1 platform. This feels to me, and pure speculation on Brian's part here, but it's like, this seems both inevitable and the right way to implement it. It's like fast channels are replicating whatever the experience of cable channels are, only they're available on more platforms besides cable. And this one just have, you know, these are on cable. Seems like we're going to see more of this, the, the fast slide, as I'm going to yeah. coin it. I've always assumed Comcast and uh, Spectrum and all the rest of them are are attempting to turn their cable boxes into rent a TV streaming box. They've all added net. We've covered that added Netflix and Hulu and Disney Plus and all of that. Uh, and this feels like a way to get you to just not notice that that channel guide is full of channels you could get on your own. You don't really need cable for it. It's all coming over the internet. And at some point they can just turn off the coax because all your stuff's coming over the internet. Uh, and it kind of feels like people who pay for AOL now, right? In the future, people who pay for cable will be like people who pay for AOL. They just have always paid it and they feel comfortable getting it through that service. We, we'll know we're 100% right when people... 
casually sell them. Like uh, when somebody calls 1-800-COMCAST, they're like, I want the cable. And it's like, yes, it comes with a Roku box. Oh, it's Roku? Well, it's not technically a Roku. It's a Comcast Roku. Like, like once it becomes yeah. a common noun, that's when <laughs> we'll know that the court killing is won. Uh, and finally, uh, the Taylor Sheridan Western drama Yellowstone uh, originated on the Paramount Network, but it streams on Peacock right now. It's going to air on CBS this fall as one of its new fall shows, taking a major Sunday evening slot. Uh, even though CBS and Paramount Plus built Yellowstone's universe uh, of series, Peacock has the streaming rights to the original drama. Uh, but I think it's an MTV arm of Paramount that produces it. So they've still got the ability to show it on broadcast. I, I have a vested interest in this position, but I'm 100% okay with this. Like if television just became essentially a DJ or a VJ, a, a way to curate excellent content that exists other places. Like I wouldn't be sad if all of a sudden every Sunday night I was seeing Squid Games on on broadcast television or what have you. Uh, I, I'm, I'm totally okay with this. I've been wanting to do this as a project for Cord Killers for some time, and I'm wondering if the time is coming soon uh, or if this is actually the worst time. But I wanted to sit down and only watch shows for a week that are on broadcast, main broadcast channels. Oh. So CBS, ABC, NBC, Fox. Oh, I, I, I'd just I, be like, this is my TV watching for the week. I'm only watching what, like, as if it were 1984. This is what I would have to choose from. I, artistically, I think this is an excellent idea, but I, I, I would not, in, I would prefer not to. I, I would not make you. I would do this. I would do this alone and only for a week, just to see what it was like, and then you know, document you know my experience. You know, you would not do it alone. You know, I would. Oh, you're the best, Brian. But I wouldn't make it. I wouldn't expect you to. I, I would. I would only expect myself to do it. No, it's too good of an idea. As a matter of fact, uh, like if, if we want to go all the way in, I would love to spend one week watching nothing. Uh, advertisements and all, but like teleporting back to 1978 yeah. or something. No, exactly. I, I, I want to do that. Save that too. Right. It's like, could, can we get just recordings of everything from that? Yeah, that, that would be amazing too. Uh, I don't know if we can even do that. That that's a technical challenge, but the, the idea of watching the broadcast networks, the only holdup for that is we're in the middle of a strike. So is it a fair test to watch it? This fall, when it's going to be all reality shows and reruns of Yellowstone? Uh, I mean, if if what we want to do is reconfirm our priors on this, then this would be a good time to do it. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. There's is, that, is there's to that tune argument. in exactly when the, all the talent is not working. <laughs> Gauchem says, huh, never figured Tom for a masochist. <laughs> uh, all right, let's see what we've had our eyes on. Brian, what you been watching? So I... I successfully got my kids watching Arrested Development, and it's been fascinating because on the one hand, they genuinely seem to be enjoying it, give or take. There's some stuff that hasn't aged to what a 15 or a 19-year-old would be interested in, but uh, they've, they've gotten a real kick out of recognizing where all the memes come from. They're all like, uh -huh. ah, that's that meme. That's that other meme. That's, that's like that's the banana meme. stand and, and all that stuff. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so, mm -hmm. uh, but by episode six of the first season, I was asking, what do you want to watch? And, and 
Penny, you know, with a pitying glance, said, Dad, um, I know this is a good show, but by now, I, we've heard all of these jokes so many times. And, I, and it made me remember the experience of me and Bonnie watching The Godfather because we knew The Godfather was a well-respected, beloved movie from, you know, 20 years before when we rented it from a blockbuster. But what we were not prepared for is for everything to look like a terrible cliche because it was such a well-respected movie. And to see my kids doing the same thing with Arrested Development, of uh -huh. all things, has been an extraordinary experience. We'll see whether or not they want to watch any more of it. Uh, who knows? That's interesting. That is very interesting. Uh, we finally got in a place mentally to watch The Bear uh, because we loved season one. We'd heard nothing but good things about season two. Uh, but it is, uh, it's a mentally exhausting show. So we, we really, uh, we, we had some personal stuff going on over the last several months, uh, that, that had our, our, our tolerance level, uh, a little lower than usual, but we finally got there this week, watched the first episode. The first episode is not that bad. It's, it's actually less stressful than most of the season one episodes. And I know it's going to rank ramp up and become more stressful later, but, uh, one episode into the bear, all I can say is, uh, thumbs up from me i reconfirm what you all probably already know uh it's a great show it is truly truly excellent and as we talked about in the after talk segments uh the only reason i tapped out during season one is because they were themes that were struck a little bit yeah. too close to home for me yeah. right no totally very very similar reasons all right what should we be on the lookout for bryce hey we got uh oh i got something i i ended up watching this uh uh last week or over the weekend it's nimona on netflix uh, this is a CGI uh, kind of adventure comedy. It's very, it's family friendly, but it's not exactly a kids film. Uh, this is uh, about a young uh, shape shifting girl and uh, a knight in this kind of mix of a fantasy, magic, sci fi uh, realm. Um, it's a it's a heartwarming story. You've got you know uh, uh, someone who's been wrongly accused and is trying to clear his name. You've got Nimona, who is this sort of mysterious, cartoonish uh, character, um, but who's also a shape shifter. Uh, it's 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 really great. I mean, I I have I don't think I have a bad thing to say about this. Uh, the whole family can watch it. Anybody will enjoy it because it's not um, necessarily. Uh, dulled or, or or made especially simple for children. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think it's great. Um, it this was almost this was a, a movie that was kind of in the news because it was uh, lost in the shuffle of the Disney Fox merger uh, mm. and then got picked up by Annapurna. So now it's streaming on Netflix. Uh, have you guys heard of of Nimona? Uh, it was I've, making. I've, waves I've a seen bit. some buzz around it, but I didn't know much about it. So this was nice to hear. I had already decided to watch it based on your 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 text. Uh, oh yeah, your text thread. Uh, but um, uh, I I can't control what my children <clears throat> see or experience or what their friends say. And so uh, of my three children, one of them has already kind of saddled into the the belief slash beef of of <clears throat> well the original was like this and therefore I can't like this mm. or whatever. So, uh, but, but I, I, I'm trying to navigate getting everybody to watch it because I 100% believe you, Bryce, that, that it will be something that will delight me and Bonnie and the entire family. But, but, uh, I think one of my children has been corrupted by prior knowledge. 
Well, and, mm. it, and, and you know, the, the studio that had been working on this didn't exactly have a great pedigree before this movie. So it's, it, I think it's understandable that there's like skepticism of it. I say, having seen it, it's very, very good. Um, it's Nimona, N-I-M-O-N-A. That is streaming on Netflix. If you've got something we should be on the lookout for, please email it to us. That email address is cordkillers at gmail.com. Thank you. We had someone actually got a doghouse system. Wait, okay, wait, yeah, wait don't say that. Because our friends over at Doghouse Systems woo! are probably listening to this actually, right now. And actually, they're, actually, they're probably thinking, yes, Tom, that was the entire idea of us loaning I've you. I've been multiple sitting systems. here this whole time thinking you made this company up. That's not true. Actually, I have a Doghouse System. <laughs> they're like made up. Uh, they're no. made up. <laughs> I, I, the actually was about writing back to us and telling us, like, hey, I did it. I got one, and it was great. Uh, not only that, but they, they experienced exactly what I loved about my experience with doghouse systems, and I assume you as well. Uh, Don writes in saying, I did use the code rogue to get doghouse systems, received a call back from John. Uh, uh, by the way, that's the CEO of the company. That's how good the customer service is. He had nothing but good things to say about both Brian and Tom. Anyways, while I work in a system administration business, the last thing I want to do is create a system from scratch with my time working from home. So I went to the website and configured a kick-ass system, describes the system. It's great. He says, thanks for the heads up. He says he enjoys the show. Keep on killing chords or whatever the new vernacular should be. I think it's mm. a reckoning. Uh, but uh, he heard about the name change and he supports everything that we're doing. Thank you so, so very much for keeping us loud, live and independent. Thank you, Don. Uh, also, in Loudline and Independent, are the Android faithful. Ron Richards and Huen Tui Dao are the hosts of an old show that was all about Android, and now a new show called Android Faithful uh, that is theirs, uh, right in cooperation with the Daily Tech News Show, folks. Had the first episode last week, so you can get that in your ears right now. Episode two, coming on Tuesday evening. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, if you like Android news, you like supporting independent podcasters, uh, go check it out, androidfaithful.com. Tom. Let's move on. Oh, would yes. you, before we move on, would you say that it would be fair to legally, uh, uh, fair and legal to consider this a spiritual successor to All About Android? Oh, ab absolutely. Uh, yeah. Uh, in fact, uh, there, there's talk of bringing some old familiar faces on the Android Faithful, so... I want Android to keep your eyes faithful. peeled. All right, hold on. Deep dot yeah. boop 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 beep boop. Oh, yeah, that's how I you do just, it. You deep just, dot boop it into I, your phone. I just and then bought you bought a doghouse system. <laughs> okay, well, you can subscribe to Android Faithful later. That's fine. <laughs> Let's move on to the front lines. Front lines. Netflix published a paper detailing an improved way to do green screen compositing, at least in its opinion. Uh, they say it's better able to deal with transparent objects and fine details like hair, uses an actively lit green background with actors lit by a magenta screen. Uh, Netflix also updated its profile transfer features that let you take your profile from a shared account to a new account. So now you can take a profile from one shared account to another shared account. Before, you took your profile into an account you created, but if you were sharing with a, a dorm mate or so, let's say you moved out of your parents' house and you're moving into an apartment in college, uh, if they already had an account, your roommate, well, you couldn't take your profile. Well, now you can. Now you can take your profile to another shared account. Uh, meanwhile, data from Bloomberg's second measure indicates that Netflix's new subscriber count rose 236% between May 21st and June 18th. 
uh, is another measurement that indicates the password sharing crackdown is not reducing the number of subscribers. In fact, it may be helping. Bryce, did, did you have thoughts on this? I, the I, I I took a look at the research paper for that Netflix uh, green screen. Oh, for the green screen, thing. magenta yeah, yeah. light thing. It's it's interesting. I think it's really interesting academic research. But you have to be on an LED stage to do this, which means you wouldn't presumably need to back to green screen at all. Um, so it needs a lot of space. It's also not perfect. Um, see, the the way that the image comes out is not. Uh, perfect because you don't you lose the green the green channel for it so they have to run it through an AI to recolor it so not only do you lose the green color it also has to make up what the green color is and you have to train it in real light on set at the time that you're shooting so that it knows what it needs to actually so there's it's neat what, uh, what do you think their motivation was for putting this out? Are they trying to encourage more uh, 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 cost-effective attempts at uh, pitches? It, it could be. There's also talk in the paper about using some of the information from this research into ge generally using machine learning for green screening and, and for uh, coming up with mats, matting, um, the mm. process of green screening. So it could be that this is a step to creating usable data to say just give any piece of video footage or any normal green screen footage and give it to a machine language uh, model and say give me this but do it right you know get all the transparency right get the hair right and fix it all in one i think that's probably the most realistic example of this uh i i do think it's a sharp move for them to take your viewership data and essentially make it kind of like an uh, an email address or or you know uh, there should not be an expectation if you have three roommates that all four of you have to have netflix and instead right. you could you know one of us is going to pay for netflix and so on yeah no i i, I agree that that is a a change to that that is consumer friendly Meanwhile, the Roku channel is now available on Google TV, the and version of Android TV provided by Google on its own devices. Yep, the Roku is free. Ad-supported shows uh, are available on Google hardware, and Charter is going to launch two versions of its basic cable plans this fall. Spectrum TV Select Plus will include sports, and Spectrum Select Signature will, have, will not have sports, but uh, be at a reduced price. Oh, wow. Cable finally selling you a non-sports plan for cheap. Uh, okay, can, can I admit my favorite new sports thing is all of the dog agility sports that I'm seeing. There's uh, wow, increasingly, really? yeah. at least mm -hmm. you know, whenever I go out to eat, there's one television in the corner that has a bunch of Australian shepherds and collies and whatever. They're either running fast or doing agility stuff that's... that's there probably is a channel for it, but but I would like it in my life. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, uh, that's awesome. Uh, back in 2022, Bob Iger returned to Disney as CEO, but said he would only stay for two years. However, it's an Iger's prerogative to change his mind. So he just signed a contract extending his time as CEO of Disney until December 31st, 2026. That would be four years or two two-year terms, if you want to look at it that way. Uh, Iger also said linear TV may not be core to the company and essentially has said, who would like to buy ABC, FX, or Freeform? Uh, we kind of have them up for sale. He called union demands unrealistic, but 
uh, as as ill-timed and unnecessary for him to say, it wasn't terribly surprising to me, uh, Iger said ESPN will go direct to consumer in the next couple of years, did not give a timeline on that. He did say the company is looking for a strategic partner for some of ESPN's operations. A lot of people jumped to the conclusion that this meant he's finally going to sell ESPN. It doesn't sound like he wants to sell ESPN but rather farm out the declining side of the business like traditional cable. So there might be a, you could license ESPN content and buy the cable channel at some point, which is kind of fascinating. Uh, question, if you were to speculate wildly, uh, which is my favorite game to play, how, how much of that is Bob Iger wanting to be in the captain's chair? And how much of it is the board, the team, the shareholders wanting him to be in the captain's chair? Oh, I think it's I think it's both of those. And I think it's both Iger and the board saying, do we have the person to take over? Oh, we don't. Um, let's just keep Bob. Do you mind sticking around for another couple of years? And Bob saying, yeah, I don't feel comfortable putting anybody in my place yet either. Yeah, that tracks for me. And following up on the Barbie map controversy, uh, we talked about last episode, the Philippines, uh, will allow the movie to be shown there, but the map may need to be blurred. According to some reports, Warner brothers denies that the dashed line down, uh, the, uh, the childish map refers to the South China sea, but rather quote, the root of the map make-believe journey of Barbie from Barbie land to the real world. Well, apparently that route goes through the South China Sea. So there you go. There's nine dashes in a line. I, I about to, uh, uh, this feels to me like the kind of thing where it's like, just say a thing. We, we literally don't care what you say. Just say a thing so that this cannot be a thing and we can release your movie. Yeah. Uh, telly. Remember Telly? We talked about it. It's the TV that's free as long as you let it show you ads. Has begun shipping its 50-inch 4K TVs. TVs include a 9-inch high secondary screen. That's the one that shows you information uh, like weather, but also ads. In return for the free TV, a reminder, you must agree to use it as your primary television. Keep it connected to the internet. Not block any of the ads on your internet and let it collect data on you among several other requirements. If you violate the terms and you get caught, you have to return the TV or get charged up to a thousand bucks. Ships with a Google TV dongle since it has no streaming apps on it. Yeah, all of this, this, this all reeks of QCAT to me. <laughs> like, 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 It's a very big, expensive QCAT. Is that, is that what you're calling it well, for telly? Yeah. Anytime you skip straight from story to sales like and you know, like and behave as though you were paying attention but do you know, we don't really care if you're paying attention that that seems to be problematic all right let's get to the dispatches from the front that email you mentioned has arrived tim says brian I'm going to be very curious to hear your opinion of this season of Barry if you do end up watching it. I thought the season started okay. The middle episodes were terrible, but I do think it wraps up okay with the last two episodes. Not as good as it once was, but it at least lands the plane feeling like a similar show to the one I'd watched before last season's doldrums. I'm, 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 I guess I'm going to have to actually follow your suggestion tom and just i was i thought more than the last two were good but but since tim has put it this way uh what if we give you a dispensation to only watch the last two episodes Ooh, i i, I that i can do 
All right. Because I'm there pretty you go, sure I'm Tim. familiar with all the characters and the situations. Well brokered, Tim. Now we're going to send you over to SAG-AFTRA and WGA. Good luck. Uh, we also got an email from David in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. I heard your question on what show to watch or rewatch. I propose Sliders, which can be found on Peacock, according to Just Watch, specifically season one, episode three, in preparation of Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer. Why? Basically, there are people such as celebrity John Cusack who say we never should have used atomic weapons on Japan to win World War II. And in this episode of Sliders, we didn't. Because in this alternate universe, the Manhattan Project was a failure instead of our world's success. Maybe it doesn't hold up, but I thought it was worth a revisit. That's an interesting idea of uh, we, we loves us some revisits of old properties, but I don't think we had talked about the idea of just a single episode of a show that we vaguely remember. So that might be fun with, with Slider Sliders. Uh, I loved it deeply when I was watching it, uh, you know, week after week uh, when I was at college, but it did fall off the rails at some point. Yeah. Yeah. I never finished Sliders. I watched the first three seasons when they were being broadcast. And I think I watched a lot of the fourth later but I, I never went back and, and finished the whole run. Um, well, and specifically what I liked about Sliders was that it was like a science fiction anthology that didn't feel beholden to a core mission. Like their core yeah. mission was to get to their own reality home. And as a result, along the way, you saw a bunch of like bonkers upside down universes left yeah. and right. I, I, and then then they tried. Somebody somewhere said, I don't know, it seems like you guys should have a core thread for this show. I think I, I think it would be fun to put sliders after Miami Vice. I think that's a good that's a good candidate uh, for for the follow up to Miami Vice, because I, I, I wouldn't want to watch just this episode, but I would want to do selected episodes. And I think we could come up with a I think the audience would come with, up with, with a curated conceit, list. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Of their favorites. And, that, and this would be one of them. So thank you, David. That's a great idea. Uh, keep those great ideas coming, folks. Our email address is cordkillers at gmail.com. Our website is cordkillers.com. And we're live on twitch.tv slash night attack Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. We will talk to you later. Bye. Hey, Tom Merritt, what's going yes. on? I'm just hanging out here watching this scroll go by. Uh, what are you doing? Trying to set up a bit where we thank our beautiful, beautiful patrons, all these wonderful names. I'm sorry, names. I'm too distracted looking at these beautiful, beautiful patron names going by. Look at that one. I mean, if you wanted to be one of these people, patreon.com slash cordkillers would be the place to go. I mean, they're, yeah. scra they're, they're scratching our itch, like, because we're I think addicted. as long as it's consensual, like, we're fine. We're addicted to their money. And love. Might as well face it. Well, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this broker. <laughs>